listen to this noise. Collingwood are into the grand final. Hello and welcome to Thursday Lines, our final show for this year. I'm your host for today, Nikki. Thursday Lines is proudly brought to you by Little Birdie TV, Hunting Form, The Comics Lounge, and of course, topsport.com.au. MG, the big man, it's his birthday today, folks. How you going, MG? Happy birthday. He is. Yeah, new decade 40 like you, Nikki. So. Oh, honey, it's a good one. Yeah. 40's a new 30. We'll, te- <laughs> we'll tear it up uh, this decade for sure. I'm sure. Yes, uh, yeah, it starts off, uh, well, it's already been a big week, um, starting on Monday with the Brownlow, but yeah. Geez, uh, there's plenty in this week, isn't there? I, I thought you were going to say you started from last Saturday because I was going to recall the little text message <laughs> that you sent me from Caulfield. Not sure we've ever stopped, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, well, last week. Gone. Last weekend, obviously, was uh, was brilliant. In both mm-hmm. codes, we've, uh, oh. we've we've got uh, one v two in both codes, which uh, I don't know the stats on it. Top rope may know the league ones, but yeah, it's good to see both codes. have got the two best teams oh. uh, fighting fighting it out for their premierships. Fabulous. And um, yeah, but in the AFL, both teams had to uh, come from behind mm-hmm. as well. So um, we'll discuss a little bit later. But uh, yeah, both had to earn their place in the grand finals. Uh, Monday night, obviously the Brownlow. Um, night for, of nights. Yeah, night of nights. Uh, always a big week for the AFL and the card. And we are uh, yeah, congrats to Locking Neil. Second time he's won the Brownlow. Uh, came from behind uh, in the last round to uh, to get it on thirty one votes. So. He was about a fifteen dollar shot. I think. He was yeah, fifth, I think he was last fifth, week. I think. I think that's what I thought you said. Thirteen fifth, or fifteen or something. Fifth favorite in the betting. Yep. And uh, got over the bont uh, in the last round. Mm. So yeah, really good count. The preseason favorite uh, led until the last round. He was obviously mm. injured, so he was probably it's a bit stiff good. missing the last month. So yeah, great count. And yeah, plenty going on. So I'm looking forward to discuss the uh, the grand final. Top row. Did you catch the Deliums last night? <laughs> NRL's Night of Nights. Oh, my God. It is the best TV watching outside of the Brownlow that I could possibly get. I get two in one week. It's amazing. It is absolutely horrific. Um, <laughs> well, the worst nights. And I will concede nothing to the AFL. Rugby League is a better sport. It's got better people. It's, it's managed better. It's, when it comes, I'll, I'll make one exception. And that's the Brownlow of the Dahlia. Oh. The Brownlow. I've not watched the game of AFL all year. I must have had 10,000 bets on the AFL. Look at a great idea for the AFL. Scrap, scrap playing the silly version of football that they call it, and just have a Brownlow every week. It's outstanding. Just run an entire season, computing simulation. Let's just do Brownlow betting every week. One of the great nights. Uh, Dalian, not so much. Betting <laughs> uh, band, writing convoluted, uh, convoluted voting systems that no one really understands. Uh, the hosting is utterly embarrassing. Brayton has to making jokes, but in the final rounds. Yeah, going on is an embarrassment. The Dalian Medal Night. Not to say the Dalian is an embarrassment. The Dalian is a a, a a great award. It was great enough for, for Newcastle Fullbacks last year, uh, last night with uh, Howard Pollard winning the mm-hmm. men's to make up for winning the, the women's. But uh, uh, overall, the, the the count and the night looks like a hokey version relative to the the medal. It is. It provides for insanely good TV viewing if you're a female, because obviously all the girls are like. The, I mean, all the girls are dressed from obviously the same boutique and it's 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 obviously really, really funny. Um, I wouldn't and... say all the girls, but you know, if you saw the photo for the NRLW, that's uh, the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole gamut of fashion was uh, taken in, uh, in that one. And then you've got, um, what have we got, the boy from the Warriors with the Versace number a la Tyson Fury. It was great. Adam Samuel Blake, we um, 
it, it, it well, that well, that show was something else. That was the Bill Cosby sliver of Dali Show. That's that all. I'll go down and you know. The AFL does not give you quite this much good viewing. I mean, they obviously, with a bit more polish, it's a crown, it's, it's a, you know, a little bit more Oscars-like and the Del EM's like that's a down here. That's also a bit more Logies-like. It's, yeah, it's a difference between the two codes as well. So we'll leave <laughs> oh, it there, Top Rope. Great. Top Rope, the scoring confused me in the in the yeah. Del EM. I was speaking to Nikki pre-show. Um, both both the winners come from come from behind in the last round. It's obviously set up for television, a bit like the uh, the <laughs> AFL Brownlow. They know exactly what's going on in these codes. But uh, just just explain to me quickly. Uh, Ponga can uh, be five down with one round to go and, and score six to win by a vote. Yeah, well they they give um, they, they've got two votes. They've got there's obviously about two voters, so yeah, uh, get the, the vote set. You get a maximum of six votes a game if you get both threes. So. Relatively simple, but yeah, unnecessarily confusing, and the lack of communication as to how it ta- as to how it's being voted on. So, don't get agree with it. The poll was outstanding in the last round. Poll was always being six in the last round. That the question was uh, around Sean Johnson um, and how how it's shading poll and some of those, those other games. But uh, uh, yeah, it was you know pretty good. And same with the women's. Yeah, to be correct, I'd say in the women's, they were pretty better at getting the uh, the best players. The two best players this year were. Absolutely, to make Rupp and Taron Aitken, they got there in the end. So, um, yeah, I, I have that kind of issue with the last round votes. It's the lack of transparency around all the votes, which is concerning to me. How hard is it to read out three, two, one for every game of the year? It's very hard to keep right there, Nesta. You've worked in Gettingham for a long time, MG. Yeah. I, I know, I know, you know, this year you have as well. And it is... The amount of money the NRL leaving on the table but not having betting on rugby, like the Brownlow must 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 make the AFL tens of millions of dollars every year. Must make the point, yeah, add to to, to the state coffers with the point of consumption tax. It's astonishing that that Valandis are so pig-headed that he just leaves his cash on the table. Like it does not take a lot to fix it up. Just get some neutral people to hide their votes and give it a three-two-one. Like, why, can't, not, why can't the referee do, do it? Well, we say the referees. What can't the idiots in the bunker do it? Well, well, they're they're just literally because... sitting there watching the game on TV. They might have six or seven decisions to make a week. There's a whole panel of them in there. Why can't they, whoever, have a whole of you like, oh, I understand the argument as to why umpires and referees shouldn't do it. And umpires shouldn't do it because they obviously play favourites. And it's obviously, you, you, it's very hard to see when you're on the field. Like, I get all that. But you've got review officials in both codes. And I don't understand why they can't be the ones to, to be doing the 3 2 1 like. It's not that hard. And you get a night of nights where, oh, yeah. When I lived in Melbourne and worked down there, it was one of the biggest nights. People would go to pubs to watch it. It was a huge betting night. You know, it's just farcical. Well, the, the Brownlow's clearly the biggest event in the AFL betting calendar. It's bigger oh, than geez. Grand Final Day. Oh, yeah, so of course. I'm not, wow, really? not sure by what factor, but um, there's there's more turnover, there's more interest. And, you know, because the event goes for, what, bordering three and a half, four hours, mm-hmm. uh, and you would have seen the live betting, um, and it was on till the last he was, round. He so. was, um, what did he go to? A dollar sixty or something in the run, Neil? Like, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I mean you he know. Was, he, the, was he was into a dollar twenty-five at one stage. He was. Yeah, but then he got back out. There was three different favourites, you know, pretty much, you know, throughout the count. Oh, um, so, nice. anyway, what? Um, well, just want to ask one thing quickly, top rope, the referee for the grand final in the NRL. Is that uh, a big decision to change from the two that always seem to get it? Uh, no, it was all right. So finally, that was it. The NRL were forced into it by the incompetence of the other two. But, um, yeah, Jared Sutton had refereed seven seven grand finals. Uh, Ashley Klein had refereed the last six Origins, had the grand final last year. But, uh, 
they're colossal. Uh, one of the language listeners, Fahaps, had uh, um, uh, forced them out. LMG, I think, is the best person in the game. He's the most um, well, man. He just has traditionally not been on the inside. There's been a very, very clear who's looking the inside and who's on the outside in the refereeing ranks, you know, regardless of talent, ability, decisions, whatnot. So, uh, right decision was made there. Complete wrong decision was made for who's in the bunker. And that's Ashley Klein. Having uh, is beyond me. So, well, he's, um, on, he's, on, he's on the inside click. He's on the inside click, but you know. Oh, oh, if you're having one bet for the NRL grand final, it would be that there will be a monumental suck up from the bunker. Well, I was just about to say uh, before we move on to the, uh, how the uh, prelims went, I just hope both codes, uh, the umpires, don't play a uh, role in the outcome of either grand final and they can uh, disofficiate w- what we call normal and uh, let the best sides win in both. Let's get it done. Okay, in what was one of the best games of AFL I've seen in a seriously long time, MG? Like, I'm going to sit there and say it. Collingwood to get the job done by one point over GWS. That was thrilling. Like, come on. That was insanely good. And then, unfortunately, um, you know, Carlton got off to a huge start up there in Brisbane, which I don't think anyone saw coming, and then they just couldn't hold on. You know, that that just came down to injury and a bit of class, I suppose, by Brisbane. They ran over the top. But Yeah, we had, um, yeah, Collingwood, uh, you know, get uh, the job done 58-57 and uh, had to come from behind to win. And, uh, yeah, Giants were... um, you know, a top rope like this. I'm, I'm not sure if he's uh, if he watched the game or anything, but <laughs> he knows how big a club Collingwood is, yeah. and just the cynics, I guess, in us. Uh, there was there was possibly no way that the Collingwood weren't going to be put through to the grand final. And if you oh, watch, gotcha. you watch the last quarter of the AFL. Um, it was, and this is not going to rank it lowly, but this was um, probably one of the worst quarters I've seen in a long time. Um, umpired, and uh, the Giants were completely robbed. Mm. Um, and you know, the AFL come out and they say, oh, you know, you know, the new, uh, woman in charge, she says, no, no, it was all good. All good. Ticked off, you know, well, clearly hasn't watched the replay. And if, uh, I'm happy to sit down on a live podcast and watch the last quarter and just point out how many mistakes there were made. I mean, Toby Green, he was probably put in hospital that night being, uh, having his head taken off. But, yeah, the Giants can, can uh, consider themselves completely stiff. But, anyway, Colin would get the job done there into the grand final. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, they uh, the AFL definitely punched a ticket in for uh, <laughs> having the biggest club in the land uh, mm. play off for the biggest game. And, uh, yeah, the other game I thought was much more exciting, Nicky. I, um, it was. Uh, it was really good, actually. Yeah, like... we, were, we were present at uh, Caulfield Races during the day and then they put it on uh, after the races. And we probably had uh, a good half the field uh, people there were Carlton supporters yeah. going absolutely off their nut. Uh, had a few with us that were uh, ordering bottles of champagne and shots halfway <laughs> through the first quarter. And Carlton put on yeah, the first four on. and five. Uh, they just settled. Unfortunately, didn't hear much from them after the uh, quarter time. Carlton were absolutely disgraceful. Completely run out of gas. Yeah. Um, carrying in injured players yeah. into a final never works, and Voss should have known better. Um, I know they're players that get you there, but uh, yeah, they ran out of steam. Brisbane just steamrolled them in the yeah. end, ran completely over yeah. them. And uh, yeah, it's good to see best two sides playing off for it. Hundred uh, percent. Lucky for us, we've got a nice little ticket on Brisbane, and they got to get over the hoodoo of the MCG, which we'll discuss later. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with one v two for um, who gets a premiership. Oh, it's great. It's great for the AFL to get those two teams in, you know. I mean, obviously they didn't want two interstate clubs. So, as you said, you know, Collingwood's there. And um, the dream would have been Collingwood-Carlton, but they're nowhere near a match. So, yeah, it's great. I'm excited. 
Yeah, let's have a look at I'm how sure, you went. I'm sure the 15 GWS fans out there were devastated by that. It was like only 2,000 <laughs> of them. And, I mean, if you saw that, that was absolutely like I, – I love it that they that committed. It was just that, that they went because you would have been booed and absolutely like I can only imagine the language that would have been thrown around the MCG on um, Friday night. I, th- I thought they might have been Carlton supporters dressed in orange, to be fair. I don't think they were uh, actual Giants fans. You reckon? Uh, no, nah, they would have been GWS fans. I don't think Come the on. Gi- I don't think there the are not 2,000 GWS fans yeah, in the world. I, I agree <laughs> with Top Rope in that. Like, <gasps> I, I think uh, they might have been Carlton fans in the orange. Really? Game. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, that's that's a shame. I, I'm upset for them because they played insanely well and um, what a year they had. All right, how'd you go? So what did we get? Uh, for the finals week, two out of two faves. No covers, no, <laughs> no over totals, yeah. two for the home teams. Yeah, so and, both the favourites got there, but obviously yeah. they were close games. Yeah, really uh, close. And uh, the Brisbane one was a, kind of a funny one because we actually, that was, uh, we did pick up that winner there because we bet early at the mm. 14 and a half. So it shows, you know, as it shows throughout the year that you've got to get your chips in at the right price. We bet the minus 14 and a half at close 18, 19, mm. and they finished 16. So, yeah, that's why it shows a zero cover and the scoring was uh, pretty low in both. Thanks, MG. Last week for the NRL, here we go. Oh, you know, the Storm, they tried, but that they were just no match for the Panthers. And none, I don't know if you were receiving my commentary on Sunday, but uh, sorry for Saturday for the Broncos Warriors. Wow. I'm a little bit upset that you don't rate the Broncos more for the grand final, but um, talk me through these two and then you can discuss your little Pen- Penrith all the way for me. Oh, well, trust me, I don't feel particularly good about dusting Penrith all the way myself. I mean, here it's, uh, I feel completely filthy, to be perfectly frank. It's uh, um, yeah, last week, uh, a smash up jobs there. Uh, Penrith absolutely annihilated the storm yeah. as expected. It was uh, a brutal beatdown, but it was one that was well expected. The storm, well off the pace this year. I don't think there's a huge gap between second and third this year. They were very, very poor against the Broncos in the first week, and they were worse in the win against the Roosters. It looks like they were they launched the storm last week, and they absolutely were uh, after a pretty good start. Where, where they kind of, you know, went with Chuck for try early on. Uh, Nelson tried to uh, lay a shot on Nathan Cleary, fight up Panthers, and uh, Melbourne never in the game. But Melbourne just had too many ways to cross the park. The great part about Melbourne over the Bellamy years wasn't the Smith Slater Cronk, it wasn't the moves to, you know, Grant, Pat, Munster, and, and Hughes. It was the ability to, to, to get those bit part players really humming and, and all kind of super reliable. Well, that's just not the case anymore. Like the Senators, this year, the rotators have been been generally appalling. Um, some of the back row, like Tony Era, you know how he's got a legal spot. I'll never know, but uh, it just hasn't kind of worked out from this year. So, uh, well beaten. Storm probably finished where they should have. Uh, probably a little excitement about the other game, uh, yeah, up the wires and, and, and all that. But uh, I certainly afforded the Warriors a bit more of a chance than the Broncos. But then the uh, the Storm last weekend, but first try. I'm going to not long after. Did have a couple of tries there, but the Broncos, wow, they, they can move the ball. And they absolutely tore the Warriors to shreds in that first half. Every opportunity they just tore them. Reese Walsh was incredible. Uh, just did everything they had to do, the Broncos. For, I think 40s and 10 was the final, but that, that, that 42 12, but that was a score and that probably flooded the Warriors to be perfect. So it could have been 50 on stage. It was. Um, yeah, uh, a super impressive performance from Brisbane and kind of really highlighted that they are deserving of being in the grand final. But yeah, it's we'll get to the grand final soon. But we've got a you know, a defensive powerhouse against an attacking juggernaut, and grand finals tend to favour one of those 
more than the other uh, come come by far back. Okay, I'm slightly disappointed now for the <laughs> for the remainder, but I'm going to stick well, it's to really with my Broncos. Awesome stats. <laughs> oh, okay. So how'd you go week three for the finals? Um, we got two or two faves, two or two covers, two or two over totals, and two or two for the home teams. Woohoo! 100 across the board. Amazing. It was all very easy last week, wasn't it? If you like the faves, and you, you think about flogging, what was faves, totals, baby, man. Right. Shall we have a quick look around what's happening? Because um, it's all NFL. If you are anywhere near covering NFL and you don't like it, you have certainly heard about Taylor Swift and tra- Travis Kelsey. Oh so God. what is everyone is talking? This is an NFL dream. People are going to watch everything now. And your boys, the 49ers. I showed MJ a clip the other day and I was like, holy shit, I'm, an MJ, I'm a 49ers fan now. Who knew they had that kind of a team? Absolutely, yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, I, I liked on him this season, and uh, um, I'm a fan now. Yeah, well, Christian McCaffrey was was a big turn. He came kind of a third of the way through the season last year. Was outstanding. He had four seasons this year. They, they got an attack on time out there. Rock Purdy is absolutely the answer at that quarter. I know he's been a bit slow to start the year, but he kind of gets rid of the ball quickly. Kyle's yeah, in that traditional sense. So like where he is at right there, and then you pass. Speech for itself, you know, led by Nick Bosa. It's yeah, absolutely incredible. So, uh, they will be very much there when the whips are cracking come, uh, come January. It kicks off tomorrow with the uh, Lions at the Packers. And, uh, I don't know about you, Top Rope, I'm pretty keen on the Lions. I think they're, uh, I know they're away from home going into uh, Green Bay, but, uh, yeah, just for what it's worth, I think Detroit will get the job done. Uh, starts tomorrow. Yeah, don't have any strong views on the side here, probably. Probably lean a little bit towards the Packers. This early season divisional home underdogs, they're not a huge push. How do you get what you come from the Lions? I think the Lions are a better team on paper, that's for sure. But a Dan Lambert, I think that opens up a lot. Very keen on the over uh, on this one again. So uh, we were a little stiff last week. I think we missed about a point and a half last week. So um, yeah, over 60.3% of uh, underdogs were for win. So I'm, I'm pretty keen on, on the over in this one. I see. He also graced over Miami Dolphins. Just my little uh, sneaky tip for the oh, Super you Bowl. Oh, great! In the fourth, fourth pit, the, they only put up seventy points on the weekend. Top ropes, very hard man to impress. <laughs> that was very damn what well. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I absolutely enjoyed the beatdown of Sean Payton. That was that was something else. <laughs> um, the yeah, well, I I I I, I, I did uh, skim over it, MG, because I don't often back teams that. Uh, on the receiving end of coming seventy, I was the wrong day that day. So, up the fish. What about uh, Ryder Cup starts tonight? Top rope, one of the uh, great events. Uh, it certainly gets top rope up and about. Uh, as good as any major going around. And last week uh, the betting was a, a bit flipped. There, I know it's very tight, but top rope. You did say last week yeah. you could not believe Europe weren't favourites. You've got your wish. They yeah. are a dollar ninety five USO two oh five starts tonight. So I gather you're still on Europe. Have you got a uh, head-to-head maybe for the punters out there for uh, one of the groups tonight? Mm. Well, I'm very careful. sure it starts tomorrow? I'm pretty sure it starts tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Could be wrong on this one. But um, anyway, it's uh, uh, if tomorrow's 3 o'clock is, is tough time. Uh, look, very careful on Europe still. Uh, USA have not won in 30 years on European soil. 30 years. Uh, this century, Europe have won seven of the 10 Ryder Cups. Look, there's no doubt that the Americans don't have the most talent. Um, have the most talent on the they all the golfers in the top twenty-five in the world. Uh, the US has three outside the top fifty. The Europe's has three outside the top fifty. That does not matter. It does not matter. They will. The Europeans will will 
or ride their big dogs, uh, and, and they and they get they get some of their their kind of bottom tier players at, at home. So, um, few bets for the puns. Uh, I uh, the top American scorer. I, I really like Patrick Cantlay here. Mainly because he's an absolute slog. So um, won't play with anyone else other than Xander Shoffwit. So that's a that's a super positive. That's a super positive thing because they're both young, so they both be wheeled out a lot. They both have a good history of accumulating points and, and playing well together. So I expect they will play probably all of the um, all of the the, the, the pairings together. Um, they may they may be rested in one one of my session, but they they, they played five uh, last time in, in Edwison Strat. So uh, like Patrick Cantlay to top the scoring there uh, for the Europeans. Bit more up in there. A couple I'm working around there, but I I, I do like Tommy Sleetwood. I think he's just a Ryder Cup specialist. Doesn't have a great singles record, but has a great great pairing record. And Victor Hovland. Hovland has an abhorrent uh, Ryder Cup record after um. After Western Australia, so back in Europe, and I also like here we probably be paired with Ludwig Aberg, and Aberg's also a bit top rookie. You can get about four sixty on, on Aberg top rookie. He is has huge upside. I would not be surprised if he played at least three of the doubles and the singles, possibly four. And if he's been paired with Hovland, yeah, one of the better golfers in the world. Marcus Morel said no one better than Victor Hovland. Oh, I think Aberg's a good bit there, so. Uh, they're the ones I'm working around for the, the European. Nice. What are you doing, yeah. No, no, I'm happy to play Europe with you, top rope. 30 years is good history for me. That'll do me. <laughs> we won't challenge you this one. No. And um, the Rugby Union World Cup where Australia Yeah, yeah so just out. quickly, I know you're tipping France in here, but not much has changed. No. Uh, the games will roll on this week. So as you can see, they're Ireland's slight favourite, but there's four of them pretty much yeah. bunched and uh, the rest of them drift out pretty quick after England at $12 there. And then what else have we got? We've got the NBL that starts tonight. Scotty Pippen in town for the NBL. They've brought him out. Yeah, firing out a big gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Sydney Kings look like they've got the probably the best depth in the roster, so they will start favourites at 380. Melbourne United uh, kick off tonight, as you said, against uh, the Southeast uh, Melbourne Phoenix tonight. So their second favourites are $5. Perth Wildcats at 550 out to the Breakers at 7 And Melbourne Phoenix kick off tonight at the $10. Exciting. What a weekend in sport. And uh, the Cricket World Cup, it's going to start next week. Yeah, so hotting up. Australia mm-hmm. finally got a win over India uh, overnight. So uh, they have uh, finished their preparations now. So you can see there, India, solid favourites at $3. England at four twenty. Australia third pick at five fifty. Pakistan at 7 Out to the Kiwis and the South Africans at $11. So that starts uh, October 5. So that will be... Uh, Another World Cup for the year. Geez, 2023's had a lot of World Cups. So, yeah, plenty of sport going on, even though the footy finishes this weekend. Of course. There's so much betting to be had. All right, let's get it started with Thursday Lines. Proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. Family owned and operated for over 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust. Bet with Topsport. Let's have a quick look at your last week, MG. Yeah, I had three bets, missed on the first two with uh, Collingwood went the cover and the over so that uh, even though Collingwood got the victory Mm. and then as I stated before earlier, got the the good oil on Brisbane for the price moved too far and they managed to cover the line. So, yeah, on the year there, uh, a small POT on all the matches and bet 380 units for the year. So, yeah, so just quickly overall um, for everyone who followed the packages, basically that's the, the top line there. Mm-hmm. We've bet 
517 units for the year, all up, uh, almost plus 20 units at about three, 3.75%, somewhere around there. So we've got one bet outstanding uh, for the from the futures package mm-hmm. where we had two and a half units on Brisbane at $8.50 for the premiership. So that's obviously still spending. So just quickly, the matches that we just went over were point, uh, plus 1%. The futures package at the moment uh, sent out 70 units where the bet's plus 22. That's Brisbane still pending at 31 and the Brownlow package uh we sent 67 units worth of bets there for down seven minus 10 so yeah so i think it can finish either plus three and a quarter or if brisbane win the flag it'll be about plus uh seven so we'll see what happens all right top rope how'd you go last week oh, do do you're laughing you're killing it well something to the punters it's been a, a tough rodeo but uh plenty of bets for the grand final so we're giving ourselves every chance to uh to escape some misery but uh uh, it was a good week. We uh, we had the uh, Panthers minus, which was of no sweat at all. And we had the Overmore Broncos Warriors also no sweat. So, uh, nice easy, nice easy breathing working. And let's just go straight to the AFL Grand Final. MG, you must be itching. Collingwood v Brisbane, the big dance Saturday afternoon, two thirty at the MCG. Collingwood a dollar seventy four, Brisbane two ten. The line is only four and a half, and the over under one sixty six and a half. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I think we've got a uh, pretty good final, as we've stated earlier in the show. One v two finished playing off uh, at the MCG. It's obviously people trying to get in. It'll be interesting to see if they push the hundred thousand barrier at the G. Uh, it's expected weather to be twenty eight, twenty nine degrees. So Brisbane have dialed up the heat already for. The game at the MCG, I think that's going to play a bit of a factor, especially if Brisbane can stay in it long enough. Um, I'm hoping that they might uh, run harder for longer uh, in the heat. and it, it will test Collingwood, and a few of the players I've, uh, I've noticed have already said that um, it, it's a bit of a concern and also an unknown in the fact that they haven't played in anywhere near this kind of temperature probably since early March. So yep. uh, you know, I think this might play a bigger factor, you know, especially with the – uh, pent up energy that you do um, spend on grand final day. Uh, you know, I know Collingwood are unbelievable in close finishes, mm-hmm. but Brisbane will be pretty happy going into three quarter time if they're uh, in front or down a goal oh, yeah. and the game's on. I think they'll back themselves into mm-hmm. uh, maybe run over the pies in this one. But uh, yeah, as a matchup, uh, both obviously winning form to get to a grand final, you've got to be in good form. So Collingwood three in a row, Brisbane six in a row. Head to head, Brisbane have won their last six against Collingwood. Uh, they've won. Both games this year, um, mm-hmm. quite convincingly, even though the last one was only in round 23, but Collingwood were missing Dugowie, Nick Dacos, Moore, and mm-hmm. B. Hill. So mm-hmm. you got to take that with a grain of salt. They won by f- four goals down at Marvel. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did win both of them, which is all you can do. Um, but, yeah, Collingwood obviously uh, much strengthened up for this game. So overall, not too much between them, other than Brisbane won six straight and covered four of the five. Uh, they do have a high scoring average between these two teams as well, 180 over the last 15 games. So I know it's a grand final and it's probably going to be you know, low scoring. The total's around that 165, 166. I just think in the heat, uh, the drop-off rates, especially in the last couple of minutes of quarters, I think the scoring will lend itself to the over mm. uh, with the weather it's going to be. So that's mm-hmm. going to be interesting, but it's going to be hard to play a bet. Um, at this stage, I think... Uh, I think Brisbane's got their best shot. The, the, the major concern is here is the MCG. Brisbane yeah. can't win at the MCG. They can say whatever they like about it. The, the proof's in there. And the big big plus for Collingwood is, uh, you know, they're 18-2 at, at home this year and 13-3 and three at the MCG. It, just, it rings large for me not to be able to tip Brisbane this week, so mm. I'm just going to cheer them home. I think the three keys to the game overall is who starts better. 
So yep. Collingwood uh, of very good first quarters and what Brisbane dished up against Carlton in the first quarter, if they do that against Collingwood, mm. they will not see him again for the rest of the game. So Car- um, Brisbane are going to have to come out, switched mm. on, probably split opening goals will be the key for them. Uh, who owns the corridor at the MCG's key? Collingwood will try and shut it off. Brisbane need the corridor. So if Brisbane can open up the corridor and, and play it at their their tempo, they'll be in the game. And for me, it's just going to come down to goal accuracy. We've banged on about it most of the year, or certainly I have. Uh, and Brisbane have tendencies to kick inaccurately. So if they can kick straight this year, um, they'll get enough shots on goal to win the game, I think. So I think goal accuracy will maybe even decide the, the premiership in the end. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, at this stage I'm going to shade Brisbane, cheer them mm-hmm. home, and I'm shading the overs if you need it. Um, just because it's a grand final, a few tips out there for things. Uh, the Norm Smith is obviously a big betting mm-hmm. game on. Obviously, Top Rope's got some uh, tips in uh, in his ones as well. So if you're a Collingwood fan, I would rather take Dugowie, uh at the $6 and Dacos around the f- Nick Dacos around the 5 uh, I think Dugowie for Collingwood to win is going to have to play a big game, and obviously he was best on ground in the prelim. Uh, for value, I'm going to go Nick's brother, Josh, I think, on a wing. Uh, you know, the wings are going to be very important mm. in this game. At $26, I think Josh Dacos is not a bad ticket. And also Scotty Pendlebury at 26 as well. I think uh, both Collingwood games this year against Brisbane, uh, he was got the two votes in the last game with Neil and he was also in their best players. So I think for Collingwood to win, Pendlebury's going to have a big say in it. Uh, on the Brisbane side, I'm going to leave Neil alone. Um, can't pot him anyone who's taking the seven dollars. Brisbane are to win. Neil just he stands out in their side. They're, yeah. they're a very even side, but when Neil plays well, he's a standout. So I'm not going to talk you out of the seven dollars, but I think McCluggage at fifteen dollars is going to uh, give a very good sight. Uh, he's going to have to stand up for Brisbane to be very competitive. And a smoky for me is off the halfback flank is Coleman at about the thirty-four dollars. So mm. if you're sneaking around for the Norm Smith, there uh, there my golds there. Yeah, sweet, because it's never actually the most obvious plays, is it really, for the, the norm, really? Um, that's exciting. I like those. I like a bit of value for the norm, Smith. I'm going to have a few bets when I leave here. <laughs> Thanks, MG. No worries. All right. Our day, Sunday, 7.30 p.m., Penrith, the Broncos. Penrith, $1.60. The Broncos are two thirty-five. The line is 3.5 and, and the over under 38.5. Yeah, we've got a, a, a great ground final paper here. Top two teams in the competition that – the best defensive team, which is not surprisingly Penrith, uh, but also the best attacking team. So they're clear standards. Yeah, I'm stunned. This line is is straight up. What's it? I every good judge I know had this mark with at least a six, so somewhere around the eight mark. So um, stunningly good value here for Penrith. Um, just looking back on how kind of grand final traditionally played. Yeah, I've had six of the last nine of one under the total. But I remember to 2006 when the Storm essentially. Changed the way the game was played by, you know, how we want to call it, bringing in the wrestle, really highlighting that winning the tackle was the, the most important part of, of kind of winning a premiership. The team who's been a better defensive team heading into the grand final has won 13 of those 17 grand finals. That's penalty. And only once in those 17 years has a team gone into a grand final, conceding four or more, more points uh, worse than their opponent, which is what Brisbane are doing this year, and going on to win the grand finals in 2016. So, uh, history is not on not on uh, on Brisbane's side here. Uh, you look at matchups across the field. Yeah, obviously, Ivan Clary is significantly smarter uh, and better prepared than Kevin Walters. Um, I think that goes without saying, to be perfectly honest. 
there's four straight grab fives for Penrith. So looking to to, to, to make history here with uh, kind of first time in forty years to win uh, three straight deciders. I, I can't I can't make any case at all for, for Brisbane. Other than that, this could be a low scoring game and a bit of Reese Walsh magic could, could get up because Penrith are going to be able to do what they do. Penrith have a very very simple game plan. Penrith always marks a really good defensive side, but it's not because they're a particularly good tackling team. They're really good. They're a really, really good defensive side for a few reasons, and they all come with ball and head. No team is better at rucking the ball out from the first first two tackles and their kick return than Penrith. No matter which side you kick to, for or Taruva Edwards, they're all great. They all average over 170 meters a, a, a game. They all average over four tackle breaks a game. They hold the ball. You know, completion procedures is generally a fallacy and more 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 indicative of attacking conservatism than than any kind of yeah game winning formula. But with Penrith, they hold onto the ball, which is which is very slight, and then they keep the court. So they're always they're always the defense is always set up, they're always getting teams coming off their own line and they're always full of energy, which is super important because they've got the quickest uh quickest line speed uh, of any team in the comp. That sets up beautifully for, for this week. So Brisbane are going to have to be the ones to adapt here. They're going to have to change their game plan. They're going to be more expansive. They're going to try and, you know, Reynolds is a great kick up, but it, it's going to be hard to, to formulate a winning kicking game plan against inside Penrith back three. So, look, the Broncos, they've traveled well in the state. They've played well at night. They're coming with a lot of momentum. And um, to be honest, a lot of goodwill. But, yeah, Penrith are just way too good. Yeah, look at the refereeing. Adam G, 14 and 3 against the spread. Panthers on Adam G, 6 and 10 against the spread. The Broncos, looking at worse than quality teams. Penrith, they are at, uh, against top three teams, 16 and 7 against the spread. The Broncos, they have covered just uh, 13 of 30 against top four position. So uh, all the numbers stack up well for uh, for Penrith. Uh, yeah, they're essentially a hard game here. Oh, I thought this to be a low scoring game. Yeah, the last six meetings between the two, Brisbane have not popped 13 points in that run. Their style of attack is not one that's really going to threaten uh, threaten that and disappoint defensive team like Penrith. Uh, I expect Penrith to win this and win this very, very well. Oh my gosh, I'm depressed now. It's a pretty good case. It's a pretty good case he made, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go up against you in this in the QC court of NRL, you know, Tedeschi, but um that was depressing only because I think the Broncos are a more exciting team. They are a way more exciting team. You can cheer every single one of those players home. Like, have a look at how many of them made the Delhi M team. Yeah. Like, I, I, they I, are a much I, more exciting team to watch play football when they're playing well and they're winning versus Penrith. Oh, I don't disagree. Penrith are robots. Penrith are and it's boring. Of, it's really Penrith boring. They're a very boring team of unlikable robots. So I don't feel good about them. I mean, I'd, I'd very much rather be cheering on, uh, cheering on the Broncos here uh, attacking teams, attacking attacking teams don't yeah attacking teams don't win very far. Defense win very far. This is a very good defensive team. There's nothing on. There's nothing. No, not on them there. But Henderson, yeah, two tries for win for Penrith. In the last, their last nine finals games, Panthers have conceded twelve tries. That's obscene. I guess the best teams in the in the competition over the last three years, they're conceding just over a try again. That is utterly ridiculous. So, I did. Um, I just let you know, top rope pre-show. Nikki was. Uh, 
full of ink on uh, the Broncos or something. So I included you in the bet for for a dinner. We either have to take Nicky out or shit. We get a free feed at Jaconi's for uh, the winner. So I just I just threw you in in a chair on the table, Tom, because I knew it wound up yours. The only thing I've taken out of you flattened. The only thing I've taken out of his little speech there was that one team have won. And that was Cronulla, and they did it to make history. So I'm going to back the Broncos in, okay? Because I'm thinking, like, I'm all for them. Like, I just think they're so much more exciting to play. I love every single player on that team. I think if um, Barnsworth doesn't play, I'm not that. That will that will make me a little bit nervous. Um, Herbie's fine. Herbie's fine. He's good. Is he? I love yeah, him because he seemed to like not move that that well last night when he was walking up on stage. But um, I'm yeah. or- I'm ordering steak top rope. <laughs> You can have I'll, the biggest steak on the menu, Lowell. I'm ordering right. the menu. I'm ordering the menu. I think the wine will up as well. Are we going to have a little three-way chat on Sunday night? This will be great. I, yeah. All right. I mean, um, look, you know, yeah, I agree I, with you. I think, yeah, Brisbane will certainly be the fairest house story. I think, I think if you're an impartial fan, you'll be cheering on the, the Broncos. But from a betting point of view, parents will uh, stand out. And from a total point of view, like, I'll be I bet in the under, but he's loading up on the Broncos under. under well. Under sixteen and a half points, you can get a dollar ninety, which is just utterly ridiculous. Um, but you can kind of get some some Ric Flair and the under twelve and under ten points around the kind of you know, three dollar mark there. So, um, yeah, very keen on, on there. There's just there's just not going to be a lot of points in this. Yeah, the last yeah the six of the last seven between those two have gone seven since two thousand eight. The average between those two teams is thirty one points. So. I may be about as low as you get between two teams with competition over such a long period of time. So, um, yeah, I think this play, this game plays in the parents' hands. I think Brisbane are seeing sort of nicely for the future, but I think they might be a year away just yet. And have you got any of those player markets? Let's just, let's just get Panthers home for the uh, for the uh, other bookies to put up a stupid promo this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that is going to hemorrhage. I don't know if you've that's heard this, the numbers, but apparently, that's a hemorrhage no, result. So um, that's all right. I think, it's already, <laughs> I think they've already hemorrhaged quite a bit with the cash outs and hemorrhaged quite a bit with the bet back. So I think this is minimal hemorrhage. What well, I'm saying is that both theories are an absolute disaster. Oh, no. Let's um, just hope we get paid. Have you, have you got some um, player markets like MG had? Have you got some? Because I know I've seen the I've seen the pages. I am sick, sick for the player markets. So, yeah, we've got a few player markets. So let's start with uh, the Vista Clark Churchill Middle. Um, yeah, look. There's a, there's a certain profile player that wins a player Churchill medal, and it rarely changes. In the 37 years it's been awarded, 34 of other played origin or international football prior to the, to the game. No central winger has ever won the award. Uh, you have generally got um, players from the backline spine, so full, fullbacks, uh, halfbacks and fullbacks have generally dominated the award, particularly lately, over the last 10. Leads me to one way. Now, it's not fun, it's not exciting, but Nathan Cleary, you get $3.75 about him. I, I, I don't know how he's not $2.25. You think of those, you think of those markets in real, particularly those with the Super Bowl, when you look at you know, Kansas City Chiefs, dollar eighty, Patrick Mahomes, two ten. That's that's what it should be for Cleary. I know he didn't win last year. Edwards broke the rule last year, had a game in his last last year down Edwards, but Cleary won the year before, and Cleary's gonna win this. Yeah, more of my parents brings on I'll be Loading up on him, my two savers will be with uh, Isaiah Yo. Uh, certainly defy the typical trend uh, is hard-working locks. Six of one over the years. Uh, usually rep players, Yo, if you follow the boxes there. 
his numbers are always super impressive. He always gets highly talked up by, by, by the commentary team and that usually plays a role. So Isaiah Yo and Liam Martin, you know, international back uh can score a try. So that'll be the two we saving. I think about fourteen dollars and about twenty one dollars there. Uh, and some tries, little little try scorer wages he has going. So I have done a breakdown on on, on kind of first and second half try scorers this year. A little few interesting facts here. Um Nathan Cleary, seven tries this year. Zero first half, seven second half. Reese Walsh, nine tries this year. Zero first half, nine second half. So if you're batting either of those, I'll be going second half, particularly Cleary. I like Cleary, scored in the last four. So I'll be backing him. We can get about $4.60 on him. Uh, leading the game in first try scorers, Stephen Crine has first try scored five times this year. We get 13 balls on him. He scored in the last three grand finals. And last try, Brian Toto. He has scored last try in a game this year six times. A pretty remarkable effort to, to, to last try. I think about 25% of the games he's played. And he uh, has was last try scored in both of the finals this year. So uh, looking at him, he can get around 875, I think, Ryan Toto. So uh, same game, multi-punters. I would be throwing in uh, Toto, Crichton, and Nathan Cleary for a try. That, I've gone from being depressed to excited to happy. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I love all those markets. And we will do that to you. Of course. Oh, my God. Okay, that is it for this year. I can't believe we're just about to wrap our last show. Thank you to MG. Thank you to Top Rope. Thanks for having me back. Oh, my God, OB for carrying the team. Thanks for handing over the torch. Um, Obviously, to the boys, Scooty and Borco, this could not be put together without the boys. Um, Remember, do follow us on YouTube. We're on socials, uh, Little Birdie TV, Twitter and Insta. All your betting action is at topsport.com.au and if this show is anything to go by, there's plenty of betting options for you this weekend. Um, Download our podcast everywhere you get your good podcasts from and God willing, I will be back next year. (laughs) I hope everyone has an insanely good end to the year and happy funding. Thanks. See ya.